Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Good morning. We are still on our series in, in Proverbs. Technically, not a series, but more of a series break. We finished Galatians after 29 sermons. And before we move to the next uh, series, we are into practical living or wise living, which will be found in the wisdom books. And um, we shall be delving on Proverbs and perhaps some in Ecclesiastes. And I'm not sure yet if we will deal some parts of Job before we launch uh, the next uh, series. So uh, just to satisfy your curiosity, my eye is once again irritated, all right? So allow me. Uh, these lights are bright, but somebody said to me we have a more powerful camera which can see all the details. Oh, forgive me for wearing glasses. The attempt is not to be cool. Uh, it's for the young people to do that, not so much at our age. Uh, so that is not uh, the objective, nor am I promoting or creating a fashion statement. So no need to buy your own sets of glasses on Sundays and uh, do not wear them coming to church. We have been discussing about certain things about wealth and uh, having an ant mindset and uh, stuff related to that that is found in Proverbs. I was sharing to a group of brothers and saying the center is the gospel in the New Testament. It is the gospel, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the message. And according to Luke's version, Christ commanded us to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins to all the nations, to all ethne, all tribes, all languages. That remains to be what we must do in Matthew's version to make disciples of all ethne or of all nations. That is the center. And the gospel was taught by Christ or clarified by Christ after his resurrection to the disciples. And it was further explained in the epistles. And the narrative of its spread with the power of the Spirit happened in the book of Acts. Now, although the gospel is the center and the gospel must be the center of our lives, yet we are still on earth and we have families, we have responsibilities. Therefore, we must learn how to live wisely on earth. So our, our mini-series, as perhaps I would call it, in uh, wise living is secondary to the gospel, but still important because we live on earth. It is not right that we understand the gospel fully and proclaim the gospel, that's fantastic, but have no wisdom to live on earth. And we rely on traditions and cliches passed on even through Christian traditions, which are not necessarily wise living, but just mere traditions. So we, every now and then we come back to, uh, to the wisdom book so that we may learn to live wisely. And I do advise all of us, uh, there must be a season in your life, at least one year or a few years, that every day you go to Proverbs. Because they say Psalm seems to be how we build our intimacy with God, how we relate to God. Proverbs seems to give us both, which is the fear to fear God, but more so is how to relate to each other. Now, one might say, this is me, this is who I am. I can't change me, accept me for who I am. 
And that's the worst advice you can ever hear from anybody. Be yourself. Now, I, I think there's some element of beauty in be yourself. It means don't be a hypocrite. I like that part. But there's the part that says, I won't change. And that part we do not like. Because improvement is change. And if you don't like to change, it means you don't want to improve. But every believer on earth must desire with all their hearts to be conformed to the image of Christ on the spiritual things, yet on the earthly things still be wise. And why do we seek to, to learn this? Because we don't think we are wise. Because wisdom is a lifetime process. And anybody who thinks he has achieved it, who says, I am wise, we can say that person is a fool. The irony, the paradox. But we can say we pursue wisdom without claiming to be all wise. We can say, I have learned some wisdom but not claiming to be wise men. I can agree that we are wise sometimes. Clever in the Filipino, it's wise. <laughs> not always positive, by the way. Nagulangan na ko, wise kasi. But wise. After three sermons on something related to wealth or building our reserves, We've discussed honoring God from our wealth in the first part of our produce. We discussed about having an ant mindset to, to gather without a ruler or supervisor, gather in times of summer. And we know that during rainy winter in, in, in the area of, of Israel, it is harder to gather. They can gather, but it's just harder to gather. The value of building your reserves, yet do not neglect giving to the Lord, honoring the Lord from your wealth. But we have to build the reserves. We don't save to spend. We save to save. Or we save to grow it. And that must be a mindset we must have, having an ant mindset. Yet we also spoke about being generous. But not generous to a fault, meaning that you give everything unless specifically... It is a direct dealing with you by God Himself. Sometimes that is possible. But if you do not have such a very strong dealing and you're not sure, if you think you have a strong dealing to give all your savings, make sure that is confirmed with your wife and family or your husband and family. Because if you're just doing it on your own, uh, you see, sometimes how God's work works is sometimes through other people, and we need godly counsel to do that. So I'm saying, do not neglect building your reserves so that we don't beg. Remember, the righteous does not beg. And David mentioned that. The righteous does not beg. So in times of plenty, we reserve, not enjoy life today, not the popular slang today, lingo, YOLO. You only live once, therefore enjoy to the fullest. YOLO. YOLO now, tomorrow poor. No longer YOLO. Oh yeah, YOLO, you already lived it. But then we also spoke about generosity, which means you build your reserves, but... You earmark generosity, and I'd like to say, giving to the Lord isn't generosity because God expects that to be returned. So don't think you're being generous when you give to the Lord or to the work of the Lord. That's different from the generosity being spoken about. So you earmark what you give to the Lord, you earmark generosity, but then the rest you still have to be wise. You build your reserves. You invest in what you have to, like education. Like the rainy day. And I think I briefly mentioned many people today have dream houses, dream cars. What they don't have is a dream source of income. But the few who dream a good source of income or good sources of income, they're the ones who actually are less dependent on others. And I thank the Lord I learned this 
after I heard the call of God to serve. I checked my Bible again and again and again and again. What does it say? And I found out the common rule of full-time isn't really a rule in Scripture. And I have talked to a few theologians about it. There is no rule. If there is no rule, then what rules? The wisdom of Scripture, always. Proverbs 3, 11 to 15. Wisdom, let me read the introduction, instructs us to honor God from our wealth, gather during times of plenty, and practice generosity. However, we must remain careful about how we treat wealth. Although we must build our reserves, which means building wealth to prepare for the worst of times, we must remember that there is something more valuable than earthly treasures. So after discussing that we have to build our reserves, we have to. And that the reserve might, be, might last you many years. So the question is, if you stop working now, or your business closed down because of unforeseen events, or you lose your job. Hopefully none of us becomes disabled and lose our source of income. But if that happens, how many months, how many years will you last based on your reserves? How many? So sometimes when it grows, don't immediately think, I've got lots of money, I'm going to buy all the cars I want. That is foolish. You first think, how many years will this last us? I'm not saying don't buy a vehicle that brings you from point A to point B. But some of us want to be flashy, and we spend a lot on it, but it's the same thing. It brings you from point A to point B, safely. And if you want comfortably, hopefully not extravagantly, unless, of course, somebody provides it for you. Amen? How many good brothers and sisters here who would give us cars? Uh, very few or none. Uh, but if there is, amen. But would you spend on it? Depends on your reserve. If you're just getting a portion of it and it doesn't affect your reserve, fantastic. But if you buy it on loan and having a hard time paying it every month, then that is not wise. So I say before that, a dream source. And we are not saying... Don't do your reserve. But what we are saying now, there is something better than that. Without neglecting building the reserve. Build your reserve, but always remember in your heart that what? Wisdom is better than wealth. It has more value. God's wisdom has more value. Earthly treasures can suddenly disappear. Remember? If you just be lazy for a little bit, maybe, like an armed man, you just neglected something in your business. Suddenly, you can lose everything. And we have heard stories on the news of billionaires at one season in debt in the next season. And if you look at the net worth, you're richer than these guys because they're billions in debt. I remember one time, there was a season in my life that I think one or two of my enterprises was having a hard time, in fact, to the point of bankruptcy. But I was in our church in Ortigas, and uh, our senior pastor says, anybody here want prayer, just stand up, one of our pastors will approach you. So there was one who stood near me, guy wearing a white t-shirt, so plain. He was wearing slippers. He's good in speech. Very good. Very good. Then he said to me, Pastor, I, I need prayer. I got hit by the 98 financial crisis. 97, 98. You remember that? The Asian. Some of you were too young. But it was terrible. It was terrible. Worse than the 2008 for us. The 2008 was felt in the U.S. 
We didn't feel it too much here. But the 98, we felt that. 97, 98, we felt that. And then he mentioned the prayer item, specific prayer item, saying, I am 11 billion in debt. And during that time, I was also struggling about, you know, uh, my business is not doing too well. And I'm not even a million in debt during that time. And then I hear somebody say, pray for me, I'm 11 billion in debt. And I felt foolish of worrying too much about something that's too little. But he was doing well until the crisis hit. And there were people who were doing the right things, following all, all things that are how to be cautious, and yet these things happen. So whatever we have, whether great or small, can be gone anytime. And that's why it says, again, yet I'm not stopping you. In fact, I am inspiring you still to build your reserves, even if you can lose it at one time. Hopefully not based on our foolishness. Hopefully it's something out of our control, but they do happen. That's why we have to see God's wisdom as having more value, because God's wisdom gives us clarity. And wisdom may allow a person to recover or take a different approach. One of the things that people struggle with is the lack of material things. Some beg, and I do not advise begging, offer a service. Offer a service and say, I'd like to do this for you. Can you pay me? I'm having a, be honest, I'm having a hard time. But I don't want to beg for your money. I'd like to work for it, if you will allow me. You can dare yourself to do that, but that's better than begging. With wisdom, God's wisdom, it gives you clarity. With wisdom, maybe you can have a different approach. With wisdom, maybe you can have a different idea. You know why? We need a lot of knowledge and wisdom because the resources are always limited. It's limited. And you know that human nature makes it limited. <laughs> Let me explain that. Once upon a time, you said, if I would only earn... 25,000 a month, I'll be happy. Then you earn 25,000 a month. Then you realize it's not enough. Then you say, oh, okay, okay. Let's change the goal. If I just have 50, I'll be happy. You hit 50, you realize it's not enough. Then you say 100. And I told you about the person who says, uh, no, I don't spend a lot, you know? I'm very careful with my spending. And then I ask you, okay, how much do you spend every month? Only 400 a month. Is that 400 pesos? No, 400,000 a month. I said, wow, okay. <laughs> Is that business or personal? Personal. Oh, wow, okay, fantastic. All I'm saying is human nature will tell you it's never enough. But it takes wisdom and self-control to say, I will live until here. Just here. I don't look poor, and I don't have to look rich. Just right. And tell no one of what I build. Maybe a few who you like to pray with, whom you like to talk about these principles with. That is fine. But if you lose everything, if you have no wisdom, you remain nothing. But with God's wisdom, maybe you can rebuild. And we have also known stories of that, of people who lost everything, but rebuilt. Some changed their approach because of the changing times, but they were able to rebuild. We as believers would seek the grace of God, yet we also must seek the wisdom of God. When we are troubled, we come to the Lord to appease our worry, because worry, we were told not to worry. <laughs> That's why, brothers, it's a sin to worry, okay? 
we must confess our sins if we worry. Lord, forgive me for worrying. Because Jesus said, do not worry. Paul in Philippians says, do not worry. Do not be anxious. But bring everything in prayer. We, we come to the Lord to calm ourselves, to remove the worry, to remove the fear. What to do next is to seek. I need wisdom, Lord. And how do you find wisdom from God's Word? Definitely. And from who else? From people who seem to have godly wisdom. You know, the worst sometimes of what we do is we seek advice from the, somebody who's not wise in that area. It's just like friends asking friends about business. And they're asking friends who know nothing about business. Sound familiar? And your friends will say, Malakas yan! Well, that's their perspective. Sometimes it takes a little more research to know something. It's asking your best friend for marriage advice who's not married or asking marriage advice from somebody who doesn't know how to work their marriage. Well, at least you can learn what not to do, right? That's fine too. Gaining wisdom from all who succeed and fail, that's fine too. So we need, how do we find wisdom? We have to pray for people who pursue wisdom. And that's who we speak to. Someone who can expound to us God's word and guide us and people with experience. So lately, I've been dreaming of taking my agricultural activities to the next level. But the next level means... I need some help because I know so little about the next level I'm thinking of. It's easy to go to YouTube, but that's different from learning from somebody, working with somebody who's done it a hundred times. It's just different. So I had to call old contacts, and it was just fun. I was such a fun time listening, and they're asking me, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm thinking of this then just a few short statements and they ask me several questions and then they suddenly show me pictures of what they've done and then and I said what if we do this oh that's simple look at this we've done it here 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 and explains to you some of the technical I said wow okay all right we seek for God's wisdom but we may find it in different places as God would lead us the worst thing is make decisions based on everything on your intuition. Intuition is not always correct. Sometimes they are. You know, when you say, I have a gut feel. <laughs> you know, you can trust your gut if you're so experienced at something. If you have not very little experience on something, don't trust your gut. You know, that gut, I feel it, I feel it. Okay. I've tried to follow my gut feel. It cost me so much. Now, however, we will do foolish things. Hopefully not, but that's humanity. That's why it's good to read Proverbs and analyze what the fool is, according to Proverbs. What's the fool? Ano hangal? According to Proverbs. And I remember this story about a mother dealing with her son who seems to have an attitude problem. And say, son, go into your room and read Proverbs, okay? Don't go out until you've finished everything. Then around a few minutes, she heard something, bang, bang. She rushed to the door wondering what happened. And the boy was crying. Said, Why? He said, that book called me a fool. At least he knew. The worst is you're a fool and you don't know it and you think you're wise. That's the worst thing that can happen to us. I call it the poor fool. But my Tagalog version is, it's another phrase, let me, allow me, yung kawawang mayabang. Right? Uh, don't take advice from the kawawang mayabang from the fool who thinks he's wise. 
Let's read Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. Let's deal first with God's discipline because when we do foolish things, trust that the Lord will discipline you if He considers you His child. Verses 11 to 12, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves his, Him whom He loves as a father the son in whom He delights. Earthly parents understand the value of discipline, or at least they should. They should. Parents, you have to start to discipline them early. When I say discipline, it is to shape, create self-discipline. It's when we think discipline is always hurting. No, that's part of what we might do, but not always. It is shaping behavior that is acceptable, that is acceptable and decent and ethical. Because if you don't do that, and you don't like it about them, how will you think other people will accept them? If you, as a parent, don't like something in your child, and you're concerned how they relate to the family, imagine outside. If you neglect that discipline, you do not love your child. You think loving a child is just poor boy, poor girl. Okay, what do you like? You give in. I agree that we should not destroy the spirit. We have to be careful with the words we use. You don't say good for nothing. You don't say words that tear them up. However, you have to put your foot down and say, this is the boundary. Remember that. There are consequences if you go beyond the boundary. And I believe God has disciplined me, maybe you, I don't know about you, with regards to managing wealth or managing reserves. Some of us are not comfortable with wealth. We say, I don't have wealth. Well, let's change it, the word, reserves, okay? Without how we manage our reserves. It wasn't pleasant, right? Or maybe some of us are going through it right now. You're going through it right now? If you're going through it, walk in wisdom. Do not compromise. This is the point of testing. This is the point of testing where you put God first all the time. In times of lack, we are tested. In times of plenty, we are tested. In times there's no opportunity, we are tested. In times of many opportunities, we are tested. The question is, is God first all the time? Is the wisdom of God above all else? Let's read verses 13 and 14 of chapter 3. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Again, it's a parallel. It, it's similar. It, it means the same thing. Verse 14, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profit is better than gold. Learning wisdom in the different areas of life, family life. We need to grow in wisdom there. Husband and wife relationship. We need to grow in wisdom there. And you can't do it alone. When it comes to our career, we need wisdom there. Don't join the crowd. Because you might join the wrong crowd. When the wrong way of thinking, that's why they never progressed. And some of you have been so long in that crowd. You don't think like an ant. Sometimes ants are better than humans in some areas. We need wisdom in terms of how we run our business. Don't do it on your own. We need to learn and we need to keep and keep learning. Gaining wisdom is better than silver or gold because you may have silver or gold right now. Meaning you may have a lot of reserves right now, but if you are not wise in handling that, do you know that wealth can make itself wings and fly away so quickly? So what do we do? We have to keep seeking for wisdom because wisdom is above 
should be above earthly wealth, should be above money or the desire for money. So if you say you're too busy or you don't manage your, your time properly, that God has no time there, oh, God has still time before I sleep, I pray. <laughs> Have you not read that in the New Testament they gathered when? At the beginning of the week. That's a Sunday. That it says there, do not neglect the gathering so that you can encourage one another. And the word encourage includes correction and inspiration at the same time. That we are fitted together, meaning relationally, we are fitted together speaking the truth in love. And that we have to learn and we can't learn that on our own. We think Christianity is like, I just visit church like a movie house and go home. No, you have to build serious relationships where we can grow together. What does that mean? I have no time to discuss the full meaning of that. But it's a part of life, of a Christian's life. To grow in the wisdom of God. And you can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to go in circles. Circles. And some of you, I just watch you going in circles. Because your ears are not open to wisdom. Not necessarily wisdom coming from me. I tell you, I have so little. But the wisdom coming from the scriptures, that we can have a lot. Wisdom coming from, from other experts. It's too hard to listen because you're set in what you want to do. You're set. This is it. You're firm in that. But it's always good to entertain if you plan on making a major decision. Listen to everybody who supports an idea and those who hate the idea. You know, Sometimes in social media say, don't listen to those people. No, you listen to them. <laughs> but you have to make them explain it. Why? Let them detail it. And what do you do? You write carefully. And then what do you do then? Mitigate the risk. Because they see the risk. You don't. Write down all the risk and see, can I mitigate this risk? Can I still move forward while watching these risks? Or, I don't have enough capability if these things happen so maybe they are correct uh, but since we are in scripture or in Proverbs never forget the fear of God because that leads to wisdom or it is wisdom now how many people desire money will you turn away money somebody gives you money well at first you'll be polite right <laughs> no you don't have to but you're hoping that they will insist, right? No, you don't have to. I hope you insist. I hope you... Yes, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm just sharing what's deep inside of us, all right? Especially in the time of need, you want to be polite. But then the generous person is saying, this person is just being polite. And the generous person will say, no, you have to accept this. Uh, but how many of us desire money? Honestly, honestly, you think a little money will help? Yes or no? Come on, don't be hypocrites. Yes or no? Oh, at last, I've got some honest people here. The love of money is evil. Money per se is not. That's what the Bible said. The love of money. Not money. Who does not want their spending power to increase? We want. Very few can say, I've had enough. Enough money. <laughs> I wish that's me. <laughs> enough. People should see a more excellent value. How much do you desire money? You have to desire wisdom more than that. Thus, people should desire wisdom but not many are willing to go through the difficult process of learning. 
because it hurts the brain. <laughs> it takes a lot of time. And some say, too much study makes you a little crazy. That's not always true. Most of the time, it's not true. It makes you crazy if you don't understand it or if you really have a problem. Before the pursuit of earthly desires, one should seek godly wisdom. Before we pursue earthly desires, we must first pursue wisdom. And you know what? Sometimes you can let go of some earthly desires. Let's read verse 15. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Powerful second line. And nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom is a better gain than gold and silver, and is more precious than jewels. More precious than jewels. But before we pursue these wonderful jewels, there must be a greater desire for wisdom. How do you seek her like hidden treasure? How do you value her more precious than jewels? You know how somebody looks like when they they think their jewelry box was stolen. Oh, ladies, how would you react, right? How would you feel? <laughs> the jewels that you keep there, real jewels, not the fancy, because the fancy is all over the place, right? You find it in the, you can even see it in the kitchen. <laughs> you, removed it, you removed it to wash something. But the real jewels are hidden somewhere. Those who know construction buried deep within the cement. Right on the tiles. You have to break it to get it. I'm exaggerating. But what if you found out it was stolen, the real stuff? Okay, ladies, how would you react? How crazy would you look? Huh? How much are you going to shake your husband? It's stolen. It's stolen. Find it. How crazy would you be? You'd be so crazy. I mean, some of you are already crazy with a missing 500 pesos, right? Suddenly you lose your temper. Where's the 500 in my drawer? Who took it? Yeah, that's a problem with eight children. They can hide, right? Not me. With one child, there's no escaping, right? You're the only one here. So I'm just saying, but with wisdom, how much within us do we really Desire it. And scripture says nothing compares. Nothing should compare. And not only jewels, all desires. Nothing you desire. Nothing you desire compare with her. With what? Wisdom. Now let's go beyond jewels. What are your desires on this earth? Whatever that is, it should not compare to the wisdom of God. What do we like on earth? What do we aspire? What do we dream of? What do we say, if I just have this, I'm content? Whatever that is, wisdom is better than that. And take note, godly wisdom is a product of the fear of the Lord. It is wise to elevate wisdom above earthly jewels. That's why when you meditate, you check the heart. Is my heart right before God? What does that mean? Is God and His wisdom the real desire of my heart? Or are there so many other things within my heart? Include the mundane. What's the mundane? You like playing games? That's a mundane. You like a nice computer? That's an earthly thing. What other earthly things do you desire? They may seem harmless. A nice car, not extravagant, just nice. That's nothing wrong with that. But the desire for that, if that is greater than the desire for Christ, His Word, and His wisdom, there is something wrong with us. There is. And some of us think that's deep spirituality. No, that is normal spirituality. That is the normal Christian life. Where God is first above all. And His Word is above all. 
That is not maturity. That is the beginning. To empty ourselves, to deny ourselves, so we may follow Him. Application number one, submit to the Lord's discipline. Let us recognize the Lord's discipline. He may correct us through His Word or through the community of believers. The Lord may also correct us through circumstances. Let us see this as His love at work. When He disciplines us, see the love of God there. And sometimes disciplining us, He withholds something. Or we lose something. Or some of our prayers are not yet answered. Maybe it's not His will or... It is, but we need to learn something. So what do we do? Let us not be stubborn. Our response to His discipline and correction should be humility. Thank you for the correction, Lord. It should be thanksgiving. It should be worship and love. Love your God with all your heart. By His grace, we shall understand and live, hopefully, more wisely. But you know, sometimes it hurts. Yet we must embrace the love and discipline of the Lord. Next, understand the value of wisdom. Do we truly value wisdom more than money or earthly treasures? We should honest, honestly, honestly evaluate our hearts. But one question, have you finished the New Testament? Hmm? Have you finished? How about the old? How long have you been a believer? Some people have been 10 years, they haven't finished it. Well, because some, their pastor never told them to finish it. Well, if you want to be a member of GCF, that's what we do. And we're not proud of it, we just see it as a, well, it has to be done. So may I inspire you, before you do other stuff, take the time to read. If you give one hour or even less, even 30 minutes a day, just reading through Scripture, and if you don't understand something, skip it. Take note. You'll understand it later on. But read through it. Read it. Because if you don't read it, you're, you, you will easily give in to false teaching. You'll give in to any charismatic speaker that connects different verses from one another. You'll easily believe them. And once you believe in false teaching... Scripture is so strong, you never belong to Christ. <clears throat> Sounds extreme, but yeah, there are some verses that says that. Now, we have to value wisdom more than money. More than treasure. We should honestly check our hearts, evaluate our hearts. If we value wisdom more than money, we should invest time in gaining wisdom. There's a part where you study on your own. You read and study. There's a part you study with a group. So you learn from the, from the insights of others, and you learn from a facilitator that puts the limits in the interpretation. Because you cannot put a hundred meanings into one text. Then, of course, you listen to the sermon where a group of us share our insights every week, our study every week, before it is finalized as a sermon. Seven of us gather to share and analyze. Take note, again, I'm not saying, you know what, how others react. They don't see the big picture. They say, okay, I'll just pursue wisdom. Wealth is not important for me. Building my savings is not important for me. It's up to the Lord to provide everything. That sounds like no wisdom there. That's a Christian tradition. Taught those who want to go full-time or missionaries, but they were never taught, if you don't provide for your own family, you are worse than an infidel. That's why Paul himself worked with his own hands to provide his own needs. But he did accept support, but he knew how to provide for his own needs. Now some say, I value wisdom, but their actions betray it. 
It just betrayed. They're too lazy to study. They just rely on different opinions of speak of preachers and they find the most convenient opinion for them without analyzing us. You have to test everything I tell you. Am I biblical? Oh, please do challenge me. Maybe I'll try one day. We'll cut the cameras and I slip in a little false teaching and see if you respond. No. But I have to see your eyes. Your eyes must react. Huh? Huh? If you don't even react, you just say, Amen, always. Amen. Wonderful preaching, Brother Ed. Ah, you're a sheep to the slaughter. Treat wisdom well. Third point. Nothing we desire can compare to wisdom. Let us remember that this is godly wisdom that stems from the fear of the Lord. What is our greatest desire? God's wisdom is more valuable than any desire we have. That includes a better life. Yeah, some of us dream of it every day. But God's wisdom must be above and stronger than that. Some might say that God is their greatest desire before we say things like these. We must thoroughly investigate the heart. Then we should humble ourselves and change our ways by His grace. Ah. This is about the heart. And this is a lifetime of evaluating our hearts. That's why we meditate. That's why we, every day we find time to sit quietly and remember the thoughts of the day. Evaluate the emotions of the heart and root ourselves in the wisdom of God. So I share to you once again a piece of poetry with the same title, Wisdom Above Wealth. Let's embrace the Lord's discipline, appreciate it from within. It's an expression of His love to all who are born from above. Seek His wisdom above all things, earthly wealth can depart with wings. But His wisdom remains in us with earthly things we give no fuzz. Nothing compares to His wisdom, not in all the earthly kingdoms, Thus, above all, we treasure it, everything based on holy writ. Continue to build our reserves. Let's see it as a way to serve, honor God, and be generous, but with wealth never erroneous. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord. We all must learn. Some of us know the gospel so well, yet we are not wise in our life on earth. We have done foolish things, unwise things. But Lord, today and the remainder of our lives, we pray that everything we do will be according to your word. According to godly wisdom, not the world's wisdom, but godly wisdom. May us and our families, every family member, grow in wisdom. May our community grow in wisdom. Which means we pursue it and we treasure it above jewels, above money, above material things, above everything. Nothing compares, nothing compares to our desire for the wisdom of God. as we build our reserves responsibly, as we earmark for giving to the Lord and even for generosity. Yet teach us as we build the reserves that it is wisdom we seek above earthly things. Bless your people. Bless the work of our hands. Bless our minds that we may grow in wisdom. Bless our hearts that our emotions would be more stable. 
and our decisions would be based on what is written in the Word. Teach us to humbly inspire one another, humbly correct one another. We pray as well for this community. Allow us to grow our reserves, yet allow us to grow in wisdom all the more. Pray for the elders and the pastors to make wise decisions in everything. Lord, we pray when the crisis comes, we are prepared. Everyone prepared. None of us beggars. As the psalmist said, I was once young and now I am old. And I have never seen the righteous beg for bread. By your grace, build our storehouses. Fill our storehouses. Yet, in how we manage our time and schedule, you first above all. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you.